0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys.
1: It is 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, Tuesday morning. It's time for an episode of Bronx for breakfast i'm nick Kendall, and joined by as always scott kennedy scott good morning to you how are you doing how's the coffee
0: coffee's hot i haven't tried it yet so uh like i said i like to set your watch see if you can tell when scott's coffee starts kicking in (laughs) (laughs) do you really save it for when we go live kind of yeah i um. i've i actually like the caffeinated buzz you get and you don't get that if you just immediately wake up and hit the coffee It's almost like, okay, this is just helping me wake up. So if you wake up on your own and then hit the coffee afterwards, then you get, you still get that rush. You know, it takes 24 ounces to do it now, but you know, um, but also it also keeps me from, you know, snacking all day when you're working Mm. at home. So coffee actually acts as an appetite suppressant. So if I wait a little bit later in the day to have breakfast and have my coffee, I can make it later into the mid morning afternoon before I eat lunch.
1: That makes sense. Well, I felt attacked when you said, you know, hop out of bed and just immediately it helps you wake up right here. You know, so yeah. 630 6 a.m. Pacific time. I'm yeah, not see, you up.
0: wake up all banging. I, uh, no. I don't want to be up. So
1: I am boots on the ground. Uh, kind of alarm goes up. Whew, let's go. Um, but yeah, let's welcome in everybody in the chat. Let's see. We got Ethan coming in. Good afternoon. in Broncos country. Ethan, are, are you a morning coffee person? Are you a morning and afternoon coffee person? Let us know. Luke Wright's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott, speaking of coffee. The logo's there, the uh, the emojis. And also EJ saying, uh, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Sunny Days is in the house saying, it's going to be a good day. Talking more coffee. God, I'm excited about coffee today. Uh, Klee in the house saying, Nick Petrie is now being mocked in the first. There's about 70 players right now that are being mocked from picks 20 to 30 right now. Guess what? Not all of them are going to go there. Yeah, not, not even a, in probably. the first,
0: just in those yeah. 10 picks
1: alone. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, then that's... Um, I think it was Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah were discussing their first round grades in this class, and I think it was Brett Beach of the Chiefs saying they had 16 players on their board with first round grades this year, which is lower than a typical class. Typical class is closer to 18 to 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, so less top end talent, but they said they had a bunch of late, uh, one to two kind of gut grades because so like a lot of teams do like round one grade one slash two. Early too, like our weird different things. They use like an eight point scale too. I'm, I don't understand all the mathematics actually. But uh, Andrew Lampy coming in here, speaking of math, uh, supporting us, saying morning. Hope everyone has a great Tuesday. Hope you do too, And uh, Andrew. Hope good to see you. And uh, hope you enjoy your little bit of uh, Broncos draft talk this morning with us. But uh, where was I getting at? Oh, yeah. There's not as many first round grade players here. There's a lot of day two talent though. We,
0: Guys who are day said two that, I've said that since the Senior Bowl. You know, since I went down the senior role, which is really when I first started getting a draft, I'm like, you know, people talk about this being a weaker draft. No, 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 it's not. Just because it's not the perceived difference makers at the top of the draft doesn't mean it's a weak draft. I think it's a very strong draft. It's a deep draft, especially where it counts in the trenches. The the trenches in this draft are head and shoulders better than what we had last year. Between the edge rushers, the interior defensive linemen. I like the guard class a little bit better than last year, Um mm-hmm. and I don't remember all the That's tackles. The, and the tackle class seemed decent, so maybe not quite as the offensive line class was good last year. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as the defensive line class, between the interior DL and the edge, I think this is significantly a deeper class.
1: And I will push back just a tad. I, I agree with you on the whole about the interior defensive line being better than last year because last year was horrific. I do think this well, year is still not that good uh, for interior defensive
0: line. Oh, I didn't say it was good, but last year it was yeah. Christian Barmore and then crickets Then what?
1: Yeah. Crickets.
0: Yeah. And Not then, good. you know, this year you could have, you know, six to eight guys go in the first couple rounds. I mean, the yeah. first, you know, first three rounds pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can go Devonte Wyatt, Perry on Winfrey, Travis Jones, Jordan Davis. Last year I said Christian Barmore.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: And that was and he lasted till the second round. Shockingly. You know, so like. It's considerably better. Than last year. Now how that stacks up to like the past ten years, I don't know. Yeah. But it's considerably better this year than it was last year.
1: Yeah, I wonder if that's gonna start to be a trend because I think on the whole, like compared to linebacker and offensive interior offensive line, tackles even the interior defensive line class just doesn't do that much for me after the top six guys. Now there are obviously some like kind of very specific body types that I'm interested in later. We talked about them yesterday, Atito, uh, or maybe a couple days ago. Atito Atito. Abania, yeah.
0: I, I really, really like, like him? him. And and before we get into it, Nick, yeah, let's do it. I posted some video yesterday and I was like, you know what? I might've been selling this guy short a little bit. Okay. So let me, uh, let me bring up the, the video I put together from the senior bowl. And it took just a little bit. I just did it this week. I'm like, if I don't have it up this week, it's gonna be too late. Um, I'm going to say hello but to some more people. Turn, you... Logan Hall. Okay. Now we're talking Logan Hall. Uh, I always like to start with this drill, you know, just get an idea how well they move. And that's Andrew Stuber oh. who had a bad week that he's going against from Michigan. This is looks like maybe, uh, I don't remember who the Oklahoma guy was. And this is, Oh, that's Cole strange. Cole strange, See, Cole strange had a lot, had a hot and cold. Yeah. Let me hit again. Because Cold Strange is on the wrong end of a lot of these. But a nice first step. We already know, but, you know, 6'6", six, six, 280. There's Agbania next to him. Yeah. That's Stuber again. You know, showed him his back, but still was able to spin around him. Nice little swim move inside. You know, and he could play at two ninety as a four three tackle. I think he's probably going to be a jumbo end when all is said and done. Though, I mean, uh, just for
1: the Broncos country to put to put perspective, it is rare to see your lighter than three hundred pound defensive tackles succeeding. But Draymond Jones plays about two eighty five at that. Yeah, and
0: in a three four end that's that works really well. So, yep. um, I think. <laughs> excuse me. Um. I was selling him a little short. I was selling yeah. him a little short. He had a he had a better week than I remembered. He's a, a very interesting
1: player, and you're talking about the interior defensive line. I think there are six guys right now I would take in the top 100, and uh, he's one of them. He's one of the ones that I would categorize as that kind of player. So, um, some other guys that I like later on uh, that we've talked about some on here, but not uh, not crazy. Um, Matthew Butler uh, from Tennessee. He's kind of a day three. Uh, early day three option if the Broncos took him at 96, I guess I would get it. Um, I don't love the value there, but uh, he's one that intrigues me a bit. Uh, you have John Ridgeway from Arkansas. who's a little bit more of a nose tackle. Fidarian Mathis, who's also a little bit more of a nose tackle. I'm not very big on uh, Neil Farrell, uh, just with a tiny arm length for being a nose tackle, not for me. Um, And I think Thomas Booker is being slept on a little bit as well from Stanford. He's a little bit of a penetrator, some versatility up there. He did a lot for Stanford and people, you know, rave about his intelligence. So Thomas Booker, another name to keep an eye on. And uh, last one I wanted to say here real quick, uh, Matt Hennison from Wisconsin. Wasn't invited to the combine, but posted freaky numbers uh, at Wisconsin's pro day. Very good athlete. And Wisconsin's defense is just chock full of good players. It really makes me upset because they always beat the absolute Heck out of my Hawkeyes up front. Uh, Wade Rhea coming in here saying, what are your guys' thoughts? Oh my God, here's <laughs> Thomas Booker. Uh Literally just talking about him. Yeah. Good uh, good job, Scott, being timely. I like Thomas Booker. He's a little bit tweenery, but I think he's got a future as a solid rotational piece uh, on the defensive line. And you're talking about, you're probably midday three, I would say probably is where you're looking at him. I know he's been a back-to-back team captain. Uh He's got pretty good frame with a 33-inch arm length, just at 300 pounds. Wish he was a little bit uh, stronger at the point of attack and uh, could anchor. That's something that's really important in today's NFL when you're seeing gap and a half guys who can kind of plant their butts and not go anywhere. I don't see that with Booker. He needs to be more shooting upfield. Uh, but overall, he's a pretty good player. So I wouldn't take him until you know day three, but he's got a chance to be rotational. Also a little bit older, going to be 23 years old this year. But that's true for most of this class, the older class.
0: Yeah, and Otito Obania is one of my guys. I yeah. do, I do really like him. He's got such force that it just—I don't know why he's being slept on so much, you know. And we'll see again what a draft, what a mock draft simulator says, and what actually happens on draft day mm-hmm. are two very different things. I mean, he could sneak up into the second or third. I, I, I think he's got that type of ability. I honestly yeah. do. Uh, see Patrick Havener coming in. So Russell Wilson, as a Walter Payton Man of the Year, doesn't get enough praise. Probably not, because I didn't know that. So yeah. uh, so it probably doesn't get talked about enough, unfortunately. And uh, I like to say we can blame ourselves for this based on what we pay attention to and what we click on and everything. The bad news sells. Yeah. Uh, the bad news gets more praise than the good news. But uh, thanks for bringing this to our attention, because uh, to my attention, at least, and everybody else's attention, if you didn't know, because it doesn't get enough praise and it should. So thank you yeah. very much. And thank you for the stars, Patrick.
1: Very, uh, small potatoes here, but I'm curious. I think every team can only nominate one person to be their Walter Payton Peyton man of the year. And Justin Simmons, I think has been three years in a row for the Broncos. Now you got Russell Wilson. Can you be nominated and win again? Like, is that going to create some intertension? Cause I know that winning the Walter Payton man of the year is like a big goal, uh, for Justin Simmons. Actually. I, I so. think
0: Russell Wilson as a 33 year old quarterback and did he, did he win it? The overall, he won I'm it. That's yep, what he, that's ha- he has the patch on his Jersey. Like you can see. Yeah, the, okay. That's awesome. You know, that's really yeah. cool. Um, he would be just fine with giving <laughs> passing the baton yeah. to a younger guy. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, I think he would be absolutely over the moon for Justin Simmons if Justin Simmons won it this year.
1: I hope so. I would hope so. Russell Wilson is very much about his brand. Uh, obviously that's a big deal yeah, for well, him. Part so of your winning.
0: brand is being a good supporter of younger yes, teammates. That's, too.
1: that's true. But it's also, you know, two time Walter Payton man of the year award winner helps the brand too. So I, obviously I think, I that think that you're mean? right. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, got one. Yeah, absolutely. Ashton coming in here, Buenos Dias. Good to see you, Ashton. We also got Rob coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Always my favorite MHH team. Rob, that's too kind of you. There's a lot of good options uh, for MHH team. Probably seeing my mug on so many shows is not for every single person, but uh, we appreciate everybody who supports us at all. And uh, if you like uh, building the Broncos the best, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating or review and say Nick and Scott are killing it. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Also, uh, Rob goes on and says, think Peyton could do a move like Belichick did with the Texans for more 2023 capital? Yes. Um, Chad hasn't published it yet, but I did an article where the main goal of the 2022 draft class needs to be accumulating 2023 draft capital because right now the Broncos only have their own third-round pick, their own fourth-round pick, their own fifth-round pick, and the Minnesota Vikings' seventh-round pick. That is a minuscule amount of capital and next year the Broncos projected to have only $12 million in cap space, 22nd in the league and Russell Wilson getting a contract and Draymond Jones and Bradley Chubb and Dalton Reisner all set to be free agents. Things can get a little bit uh, sketchy pretty quick. And the best way to fill out a roster when you don't have a lot of space is you guys guessed it. Rookie cost controlled contact contracts out of the draft. So yes, do need to get more 2023 capital. I'd be shocked if the Broncos walked away with less than they have right now after the conclusion of the 2022 draft.
0: Yeah. We talk about, you don't necessarily want to have nine guys on a team like this, make the you know draft because where are you going to find space for them? Um, you know, you can stash them on on uh, the practice squad and whatnot, but it, it does. It makes sense to try and space mm-hmm. those out across two years, your, your cheaper guys that you can have for depth or special teams or whatnot, because you're going to need them. You are going to need them over a the course, and maybe not this year, but next year and the year after for sure. So Moving yeah. back into 2023 and, uh, and and doing something along those lines makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Rob.
1: Yeah, and talking about that just a little bit more, um, James Palmer over on NFL Network, who's now a Denver Bronco insider, and I've been told specifically that if you want to get in the mind of George Payton, James Palmer's the guy to listen to. So a little bit, my ears perk up when he says anything, and he's been talking about the Broncos maybe moving up in the second round for an offensive tackle or sitting there maybe moving up for an edge as well, but sitting there at 64, 75, 96 and targeting cornerback and edge rusher and those are very much depth pieces and those are also pieces where there's not a direct path to starting the season but those become massive massive needs in 2023 Uh so rather than going into next year where you don't have the capital to fill those needs you want to get yourself a player that can be rotational this season depth piece that can project to be filling in as a starter in 2023 you want to make sure that's a uh taken care of before it's a problem, especially at those positions, because it's so hard to find quality players at those positions. And without your first and second round pick next year and really no uh, salary cap, it's going to have to be who you can come away with this year or getting lucky or just uh, understanding that you're going to be a little weaker at those spots. So um, definitely stuff to think about. I do really like that Peyton is thinking that way rather than, you know, people screaming about tight end or off-ball linebacker. Those, those not as not as valuable as uh, those other positions and finding long-term starters there.
0: Jason Walton comes in. Jason, that feels like a little bit of a newer name for me. Says thoughts on master Teague as a late round prospect.
1: I I think he's an athlete. Um, No doubt about it. He's, the issue is that Ohio State brought in a five-star super god recruit, uh, this year in Henderson, and Teague kind of fell to the wayside because of that. Um, he's still going to be, I think, an okay rotational back. You might get him sixth or seventh round because he does have some athleticism. I think he has a couple of weight room records at Ohio State as well. Uh, but he he's not the running back that uh, Tradavion Henderson.
0: was remember Wisconsin. him. I haven't done a ton of recruiting lately, but I did yeah. several like top twenty-five guys a couple of years ago and. I did him 3 years ago. I was like, "Oh my god." They're like, "Yeah, Ohio State's not taking a running back this year because they want him next year." Um so yeah, Henderson's pretty pretty good. <laughs> He's a pretty good player.
1: Yeah, uh, he is a really good player, man. Oh, that's it's, it's got hmm. 2024 20, draft class with running back. There are two of them in uh the Big 10 that are just absolute gods uh the closest thing i've ever seen to derrick henry is coming out of wisconsin he's still got two years at wisconsin in uh braylon allen have you have you seen braylon allen yet scott Mm -mm. i know
0: you're not as much of the college psychopath that i especially big 10 i used to be that's what's crazy i'm not i uh it's just kind of gone by the wayside a little bit as i've gotten older i mean i quit a job over going to a football game one time so
1: (laughs) well braylon allen is uh unbelievable god it's really upsetting to watch him run because he just you know He's like six foot two hundred and forty pounds. He was like eighteen years old or seventeen years old last year. And if he gets to the second level, he's got breakaway speed for being just an absolute unit. He's, he's so good. Uh DWI guy, speaking of so good, Ethan coming in saying, love the quote from Hackett on Russell Wilson after practice. All threes, too. Yeah. All threes. Thank you so much, uh, Ethan. I don't know what that translates to in American dollars, but uh that's very helpful for us regardless. I know there's a little bit, it's even better uh than what appears on the surface. So uh what did what did Hackett say? He said just out there at the end, he was like, "Wait, we're done. Can we do more?" And you're like, "Man, I would love to, but we've got to tone it down. Baby steps." He's awesome. It's kind of like a when you have a puppy, you gotta you know you you don't want to overwalk it early on. It's like okay, what is it? Five minutes of walking per month of age. Uh, just hold it back. I know you
0: want to go all day, but we need to just dial it back a little bit so we're better later on. Yeah, my parents have a puppy, and I'm like, all right, I'll bring over hey, my, my daughter. I'm like, she'll wear that puppy's ass out. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, I don't Man. think, no, she'd wear out Russell Wilson, though. And yeah, it seems like a really, long may it stay this way. We're in the honeymoon period, and it can go south quickly. And you look mm-hmm. back, you're like, remember how hokey that was? We should have known then. Um, hopefully, it stays this way. I, I have I have a good feeling that it will, because while Nathaniel Hackett isn't necessarily a proven commodity, Russell Wilson is, yeah. You know, Russell Wilson is a proven commodity. And if your quarterback's happy, you know, happy, happy wife, happy life. You know, if your quarterback's happy and playing well, and you've already got the pieces around him on your defense, uh, skill players, it should be, it should be a good fit. So, so far the early returns with, uh, Broncos country are fantastic. And, uh, speaking of fantastic, Ethan, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ethan. Dave Glassman with support here with the hearts. Thank
1: you so much, Dave. We also got Bama X in the house. Dave sending more hearts here. Uh, we got CCs in the house. Good, good to see you, CC. I always love hearing from CC. Good good commenter. Oh, oops, sorry.
0: Go ahead, Scott. No, that's okay. I wanted to hit this question. Robert uh, Caslow says, what's up, Bronco maniacs? Would you rather have DeMarvin Leal or Travis Jones at 64? That one's easy for me.
1: Yeah, that's that's a uh, underhand slow pitch uh, beer league softball kind of Question. So please keep giving us the easy ones. Um, DeMarvin Leal was really hyped up good recruit, but this last year he kind of found himself being very tweenery and, uh, very hot and cold. Didn't have a great season. Travis Jones, that power, that combination of get off the length, it plays no matter what scheme you are. He's a good enough athlete where if you're, even if you're a penetrating style of defense, he can get in the backfield and do that. So it's easily Travis Jones. If Travis Jones falls to 50, I'm working the phones because you talk, I talked about it earlier maybe we're starting to see a trend where these interior defensive line bodies are not as plentiful uh, as they've been. It's really, I really feel like it's been trending down and to get somebody that is versatile and can allow you to play lighter boxes. Cause they are that big and long in Travis Jones. Sign me up.
0: Yeah. He could play four, three defensive tackle. I firmly believe that oh, yeah. Him and Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis, isn't necessarily just a run stopper nose guard. He proved that the only makes you think thats you're, you're just, you're in disbelief. Mm-hmm. That someone that size can move like that, you're like, Oh, he's got to be a nose guard. Look how big he is. No, no, <laughs> he's do you think he can play better five than technique? 305 pound guys?
1: Yeah, do you think he is a good enough athlete where he can play three four defensive end? Uh, yeah. because there's, there's some do. guys At like times. that,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go jumbo for sure, you line him up with, uh, over there, you know. Um, you know, put Purcell in there and 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 uh and Jordan Davis next to him. Good luck running left, you know, if you yeah. put him on whichever side you run on, good luck. It, we'll make, it reminds me here. of
1: um, uh, it reminds me of Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks is a six six three thirty pound five technique four I four technique, and uh, he played next to Eddie Goldman at nose. And if the Broncos wanted to go, oh, you can sign DJ Jones. He's going to play nose. Where would you play Travis Jones next to him? We're going to be okay. You're going to figure it out.
0: Uh, Michaela Israel with a question: Do you think we'll sign Lindsey to a one year deal? No, I don't. Um, <clears throat> whatever is up with Philip Lindsey. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Nick, but I think he's been cut basically three times in the last 13 months. He's, I don't know if he's been. For the most cut. part, cut might be a strong yeah. word. Yeah, Denver Broncos decided not to renew him. Uh, Houston Texans signed him to a decent-sized contract and, and waived him midseason. Yeah. He went to the Dolphins. They didn't renew him either. That's three teams that have said no on Phillip Lindsay in the last year. Yeah, I'm saying no again. The
1: thing about Philip Lindsay is great story. Good kid. He is the pretty much the opposite of where running backs are going right now in today's NFL and obviously different body types, different skill sets. If you're good enough, you can get out there. But the thing about Philip Lindsay is that because of his small stature, he's never going to be a plus player as a blocker or even an average player. He just gets engulfed by guys. And because he is so he's also not a very good player being flexed out and a natural receiver in space. So if he's in there, it's a running play, and you know that he's also not going to be used as a pass protector, so you can change your pressure packages to to attack him. He's also very much a – it's kind of a weird type. He's very – I think he's much better in an under-center offense where he can follow a fullback uh, up the A or B gap, and that's becoming less prevalent in today's NFL. And uh, because of that size also, uh, he's not really going to be – breaking tackles and f- punishing teams for playing lighter boxes. Uh, so I just, the, the style of running back he is, is I don't think very conducive to where the game is going right now. If you wanted to come back and compete for a spot, um, you know, very cheap veteran minimum one year deal uh, and the back end of the roster, then okay, we can have a conversation. But again, it's just, it's unfortunate. And the other thing that's unfortunate is he came into the league older. He had a lot of carries at Colorado as well. So it's just, it's a lot of whammies uh, for the running back position, a lot of buzzwords, but it's, it's the reality.
0: Yeah, and, and and Michaela follows up says it's it's hard to judge based on the O line he's been playing O lines he's been playing behind uh, yeah. Houston was bad uh, Miami wasn't good Miami's uh, worse Denver Broncos <laughs> gave up on him or you know dismissed um, but I was root for the hometown kid yeah abs- absolutely you should and you root for a guy that came in as an undrafted free agent and ran for back to back thousand yard seasons he's it, a good story you yeah. want him to succeed uh, and he has he has he has succeeded uh, he may have also played his way over marketed himself to a certain extent where he's making this much money. And if he wants to be back in the league, he's going to have to take a lot less than that. And he's got time. He's got Mm -hmm. time to figure that out. But right now, um, you know, he's a a veteran league minimum type, not a, a a seven figure contract type.
1: Yeah. Running backs, unfortunately in today's NFL there, you lease them, you don't own them. Mm -hmm. And then after they're done, you let them go after that rookie contract. That's probably the, the path to go down. Uh, It's, a cold harsh reality uh but it's where we are maybe we'll see a little bit of a renaissance of the running back position a tad uh with how teams are playing defenses right now there's more space to be had it's if you all have... cyclical
0: it is it yeah. gets bigger then it gets smaller then it gets bigger then it gets smaller and fast and then it gets big what never nick you, you've heard me say this a zillion times what never goes out of vogue big and fast
1: yeah and long well, yeah. <laughs> long as long is very much in right now,
0: but uh, so, uh, Lawrence appreciate you coming in with the star. He says, good morning Broncos country. And, and I kind of stepped on Jacob hmm. just because he's the silent one. Doesn't mean I need to be the silent one. So thank you again for the stars and the continued support. You're a, a big part of our show and we appreciate you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. We appreciate you as well. Also got Jeremy Bales. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you Vin, in the house. Good morning. Y'all. Jeremy Sean. Great to see you, Jeremy Sean. Mendango, hungry for Broncos
0: for breakfast. My boys in Broncos country. Also, Mark Schrader coming in with I mean, the support. Big stars. Now, do you have a small cup? Because if I drink two of these, that's two cups. This is only like 16 ounces.
1: I um, do have the small you... cup, but I also bring my thermos.
0: Well, they, they call a cup of coffee like four ounces. I'm like, that's not a cup of coffee. That's, that's espresso. A half a, that's a half a cup of a cup. Yeah. A cup of coffee is 16 minimum, as far as I'm concerned. I would say 12. But 12, uh, yeah, I can I can live with that. But, you know, when, when they start like, you know, a, like a coffee cup is like a tea saucer or something. Yeah. you know, you and you go to Europe and they give you those little shot things. It's like my that's a thumbnail. I yeah, I need a I need a coffee. Give me you six need, of those, please. I need to find. I'm from America, Europe. you ever heard of it? <laughs> can I get, I need the, the, can big I get the American size, please? I'm here two hours before everybody and I'm not smoking. I'm obviously, yeah. American. Get me the big cup. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, I need to get back to Europe. Uh, thank you so much, Mark. Good to see you. Also, shout out to our Ohio ladies saying uh, good morning to Carolina Lins. Um, Dom in the house. Good to see you, Dom. Rocking. I think that might be Champ Bailey in his picture there. God, Champ was so good. Uh, good morning, Nick was Scott. Tampa and 2-4? Bron- yes, he was. Yep. Okay. It's got to be champ Um, sacrilegious. They gave Adam Pac-Man Jones number 24 uh, when no other player had warned it after champ Bailey and like, Oh, we'll give it to Pac-Man Jones. God, what are are we doing? Um, (laughs) Dom is coming in saying uh, coffee's brewing boys. Have a great day. Gentlemen. Well, thank you for joining us. Falling sloths also in the house. Howdy Broncos country getting into work late today. So I'm excited to catch the show live. Good to catch you live. Um, Michael Kerr morning. All let's go. Broncos. Timbo slice is up here. What's up fellas. What's up with you, Timbo? Greg Smith's in the house. Great to see you, Tim. Uh, Greg, aloha, as we like to say. Eddie Fritos also. Fritos saying, good morning, Nick and Scott. What's up, Broncos country? What did you guys think of Russell Wilson's press conference? Let's ride. This is going to be... Maybe this isn't a hot take, I don't think, but I'm not putting much... Russell Wilson always says and does the right thing. He's very aware of his public image, and I think him and Sierra, you know, all about that... uh, Not all about it, but branding and their how the public perceives them is very valuable to them. So what did I think of it? I think it's great. And I keep rubbing my eyes like, Oh my God, is that Russell Wilson in a Broncos Jersey? Okay. It still is like, it's I'm not dreaming it. I'm not hallucinating. Uh, but as far as like what he says, exactly. He's going to hype his guys up. You know, he's going to be, he's going to always say and do the right things from that lens. So because of that, I don't, I'm not putting much weight in it at all.
0: Uh, Ethan says, going back, you know, this is a uh, coffee talk with uh, Nick and Scott. Uh, says, Ethan says, they, they say Americans diluted coffee. I always heard uh, the Germans used to say the Americans have two types of water. One's yellow, they call it beer, and one's black, and they call it coffee. Mm-hmm. So I, I can verify the beer one. Um, that was uh, for sure. And the coffee, um, yeah, it probably is. But, you know, I like a big cup of coffee. I don't want uh, just one quick shot. Yeah, and the Ger- Germans too. Pills. Caffeine pills for that, for goodness sakes. Um, then, you want to get into our topic, Nick, a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: real quick, the Germans also. I have a buddy who's a G- uh from Munich, and uh, he always gives Americans a hard time because we're we're cheaters with our beer as well. We're obsessed with uh, IPAs and hops, and I and I can vouch for that. Um, well,
0: that's better than what it was. At least now we're talking about decent beer. You know what I, I call cheaters is the Americans have been brainwashed to thinking that cold beer is good beer no no it's not the colder it is the more it kills your taste buds the less you can taste these cheap beer manufacturers and i haven't had a drink in 25 years and i'm still still passionate about cheating the american public out of decent tasting refreshment yeah it's ice cold because it kills your taste buds if it actually warms up and you taste it you realize man this stuff tastes like crap Yeah, yeah it does it's cheaply made crappy beer
1: well, there's a little bit of funny, I guess, a funny way anybody who knows anything about beer can be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Americans, every microbrew that's opening up around you has like 10,000 IPAs, but no Pilsners. It's much easier to make an IPA because the balance of the hops and everything, you don't have to be as precise and as talented as a brewer to make an IPA compared, compared to a Pilsner. And I would much rather have an IPA. I, lo- I love the hops. Uh, but um, there is something to be said about the Germans and perfecting. The the Pilsner because it is significantly more precise yeah, I was tedious. The, I,
0: to was the, I was the big the, the island guy. <clears throat> I like the, the English and Irish ales,
1: mm, the, big, the okay. big
0: thick ones and the stouts and that type of stuff. So yeah. Anyway, and let's let's say
1: hello to some more people here real quick just because we don't want to leave anybody behind. Michael Ronquillo coming in saying good morning Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Kaylee on Green, yo, what's up guys? Salty Nation, good morning Nick and Scott. I always like to say hi to Kathy as well. Hello Nick and Scott. I'm a little late because I came home from a, a plane watching. Airbus and three Euroflights were cruising the sky over my town for at least three hours straight. Okay, cool. Uh, I like John Ridgway as a nose tackle. Where is he at, about to be picked? What do you think about John Ridgway,
0: Scott? I like him. I think uh, you know he's been moved down on the PFF board almost to like undraftable. Wow. And he was a solid nose guard option at the Senior Bowl at 330 pounds. So mm-hmm. I think he is a good plug-in reserve body to have. And if you can get him fifth or later, I think he would, would help your team. I really do. Yeah. I, uh, I agree
1: with you on that one. And I think he'd probably go, I probably wouldn't touch him until. I feel like he's been on the board for us at like round four a lot. And there's always better options there that I prefer. So if he falls to round five, yes, I'm interested, but round four with where the Broncos pick a right for right now, which is early round four, I don't really value it as much, but he's a good player. And, uh, You you talked about it yesterday. Mike Purcell is not on a big contract. He's been injured the last two seasons. I could definitely see the Broncos looking to bring in more of a nose tackle type, unless the plan there is DJ Jones. But with DJ Jones coming in, I'm really curious about his usage. I know they mentioned zero and one technique with him, but he's just not your prototype nose because of the length.
0: It it just could mean, you know, maybe not on first and ten. You know, yeah. as soon as you get into anything, a passing situation, which is three quarters of the plays or passes, mm-hmm. then you can move him inside. You know, then he could be an, 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 a zero or one inside guy for sure. At that point, I, I can see that happening for sure. Again, yeah. he is a very similar player to Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett played three, four end and wasn't as effective, but I don't put that on him so much because yeah. he had nobody around him, but he is a much better 4-3 defensive tackle. No. which you slide him inside in passing situations for sure, yep. which you're going to be in passing situations a lot.
1: Yep. And that's one of the reason Peyton raved about waves of edge rushers, waves of pass rushers, which the Broncos. Yeah. I know that Malik Reed has a lot of sacks, but uh, if if he was valued, he wouldn't be here anymore, or they would have not put the original round tender on an undrafted free agent. Uh, james hyatt two dollars coming in over on youtube thank you so much james good to see you it's draft week no first rounder but we got rw3 hell yeah baby that's good to see also love to shout out to dylan von Arks. good morning broncos country and um yeah when nine comes up
0: just say and uh, now on the clock denver broncos they select quarterback russell wilson you'll be like ah that sounds nice it
1: does sound nice and we're talking coffee sizes um we also got Kenneth coming in saying good morning. <clears throat> How many players did Shermer waste it with his system and poor decisions? I'm saying lock fan and Lindsay for sure. I mean, did Lindsay this? I don't want to dump on Lindsay because we already kind of talked about it, but did Lindsay waste his value or did just the kind of way the NFL is going right now with his skill set? I mean, it's, I don't know if he's been wasted. I will say that uh, the offense was probably too, mentally demanding for where drew lock was at as a quarterback. Uh, he needed a much more simplified Kyle Shanahan, half field read kind of things. Uh, so yeah, probably a little bit too, uh, I don't know, wasting, but wasn't the yeah, best. For gotta, Locke.
0: If, if drew lock becomes something, we'll say that he never did anything. Otherwise he just might not have been very good. You know, it's and most, most guys drafted qu- quarterbacks, especially drafted outside of the top 10.
1: Aren't very good. <laughs> just mm-hmm. is just the reality of it. The there's only been, I think four, Non-first-round quarterbacks drafted in the last decade uh, that have gone on to do very much of anything in the NFL, that, and one of those is I like don't, J&G. And I don't know
0: that Lindsey was wasted too because you ended up getting two thousand yards out of the quarter out of the running back position last year, didn't you? It was like yeah, it was about sixteen hundred and in, uh, in combined rushing totals, yeah, and then and then receiving yards. So he he was supplanted, you know. He yep. was he wasn't wasted. He was moved on now. You want to talk to me about Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy. I'm all ears. Yeah, I am. I'm all ears. And
1: Fant also was pretty high up in targets. I
0: think he was he, top five. Yeah, in targets. he set, you know, career numbers last year. It was yeah, and- his, uh, for, for receptions and yards. His average per was down because he's running stop routes and button hooks instead of hitting him in stride and letting 260 pounds of momentum go forward. Um, but, uh, we, we have talked about that before, but, um, yeah, yeah I, I think the, you know, if we're talking the big skill and quarterback lock just might not have been good enough. Lindsay got upgraded and, uh, and big Fant time. was used, but probably used incorrectly. So we'll see how those guys do in Seattle. And then we'll have a better answer.
1: Um, uh, yeah. Sp- Man, he just needs to make a, make a guy miss. Uh, he probably, I think he was bottom 10 in the NFL last year in yards after catch over expected given where he caught the ball, where players were around him and what he did. He just, I think he had one broken tackle last year, which for his size and how many opportunities he had, uh, shouldn't have been the case dealing with an injury, dealing with a pa- sudden passing him his mother. Um, uh, I get it, but uh, Perry West coming in $5 saying, good morning, guys. What do you guys think about cornerback Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State uh he was down at the Senior Bowl Scott if I'm not mistaken
0: if he was I don't remember him doing much um you know six 395 pounds uh 4.53 in the 40 so good size good athletic athleticism after that I don't know
1: yeah he I mean the 32 and eighths arm lengths he's a very good athlete had a lot of uh ball production at Fayetteville State if I remember as well I Maybe at pick 96, if you're looking for somebody with some press upside, uh, that's the area that I'm looking for him. I like him better than a. Everybody loves Zion McCollum, but I like the length uh, Joshua Williams has better than Zion McCollum, also better competition. Um, he's a little bit herky jerky uh, with some of his movements, but you kind of get that with a nearly six foot three cornerback. But overall, I mean, a pretty good player. Um, he's pretty darn good as far as the, the press ability, the physicality, et cetera, et cetera. Needs to trust his technique a little bit more. Cause what I saw from him, he was a little bit handsy. And if I recall correctly, I was uh, listening to some people talk about cornerbacks and they said that he was one of the highest consistently uh, measured players at the senior bowl as far as GPS speed. Um, so definitely there's some tools there and some athleticism, maybe at 96, I'm thinking more. So if you don't get two cornerbacks, heck I would, I'm fine doubling up there as you guys probably saw from my mock draft. Um, if you get another cornerback there at 115 116 he's one of the guys to keep in mind
0: and uh, appreciate the uh the super the super on that one Perry yeah um, a couple more here Benjamin Oh, oh sorry let me show real Benjamin quick. real uh, quick because
1: I've tried to show him a few times okay go ahead um, like to show Ben good morning <laughs> fellows uh, Go Broncos and happy Taco Tuesday cheers good to see you.
0: and right. Trevor asks he says do you think Russ has any input in the draft with Peyton if he does have input who do you think he likes in the draft I have no idea. Who he likes in the draft, but he does have input. Uh, George yeah. Payton said in the pre, whatever you want to call it, pre OTA uh, press conference, he was asked about it, and he says, "Yeah, he's a resource. He's a he's a rat. He's yeah. a he's a film rat. He's a football rat. Um, and he's always watching. So, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. You know, so I might you might just go by and say, Russ, who are you watching tonight? And he's like, oh, you know, I went to NC State and I went to Wisconsin. I'm gonna plug in the NC State." Coastal Carolina game. All right, Tell me what you see. So sure. So does he have input? He does. Peyton said as much. And you're smart. One, you're keeping him involved in the process. Two, you take in as much information as you can. And then you start remembering what people say and if they have any credibility. Everybody comes with you. Who's going to become a good resource that you can lean on when they come and talk to you? Hey, Scott. Yeah. I remember the last time you came and talked to me, that guy couldn't play a lick, couldn't play dead in a cowboy movie in <laughs> one ear out the other. Um, but if someone says, hey, you need to watch this guy. And the last two guys he told me about hit, my ears are going to go, okay, I need to watch this guy. You know, Nick said, watch this guy. And Nick's been right the last three times he's told me that I'm going to listen. So as a relatively new general manager, George Payton is listening to everybody. He's got his core guys already, but he listens to everybody, especially as a new quarterback.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, we talked about it yesterday, buy-in from your teams and somebody like Russell Wilson. If he feels like he's a part of the decision-making process, which he apparently didn't feel that way in Seattle, uh, then you're going to have more buy-in from him. He's going to feel like there's onus on him to perform and these guys around him to be better as well because he's part of the decision-making process. So really important there. Biggie Bronco coming in saying, Oop, go ahead, we'll do this one I'll first. We're just champ- again. Yeah, you did. It's okay. I just I'm gonna flash Big E real quick, then I'll scroll down. Good morning. Woo. No, sorry. Don't want to flash him too much. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Let's go. Good to see you, Big E. Um, hope you're doing well. We also got Kenneth coming in here. Where does Champ rank on cornerbacks all time? Oh man, it's so hard to say because the game has changed so dramatically over time. You know, it's like even like talking quarterbacks, like. We probably should be talking about Otto Graham and Johnny Unitas, but the game was completely different back then to what Dan Marino did compared to what Peyton's doing compared to what even Patrick Mahomes is doing. Now the game's evolved. Uh, You've seen these jumps and what's been demanded and what can be done has changed. Uh, So champ, I think if you wanted to put him at number one, honest to God, I would not fight you because of the overall talent um, that he had. He was never on that amazing of teams. And still just shut down one side of the field. Athletic specimen, good tackler, huge, good coverage player. There's also arguments for like Charles Woodson, obviously. You, Daryl Revis's peak season was as good as anybody. You're gonna I've go, ever Woodson seen. And go the other one before you say Charles to me. And uh, there's also uh, Deion Sanders, of course, Rod Woodson
0: and Rod Woodson. Yes, and I know Rod you're not Woodson. a big Charles Woodson. Rod Woodson goes ahead of Charles Woodson. Uh, Deion, I think, is the best pure cover guy. Um, yeah. if they were doing GPS stuff then. Fastest player I've ever seen on a football field. Just unbelievable. Um, not the complete corner that some of these other guys were. And uh, Nick's a little too young to remember this guy, but Daryl Green is a player that uh, that if you look him up, I bet he's got a dozen Pro Bowls. Um, he played a long time with the Redskins, won the fastest man competitions when they used to do those at like 35 years old. So Daryl Green was a freak of nature. Um, he, he would be in that conversation with me. Uh, I thought of Rivas also. I thought of Woodson, uh, Dion. and and then after that they start getting you know a little bit before me. anybody bef- before you know the uh, before the the mid 80s as uh, becomes a little bit different for me.
1: Yeah, and just a few more names here. Uh, the, looking it up, like, oh yeah, I recognize this name. Didn't watch him, but I recognize the name. Uh, Mel Blount playing for the. Yeah, he was a Steelers
0: guy, and uh, yeah. one of he was part of those. You know, one for the thumb. He's, I think he was part of those four four Super Bowl teams. Really good player, and you know, with a name like Mel Blount, he played like he sounded with the yeah. with the Steelers. But he was one of those '70s guys that I uh, I mentioned before. That you know, who who fits into that group? I, I wouldn't. I couldn't comment on them like I could. Daryl green was the first of the, the the big name guys for me.
1: Yep. And one more here from the fifties, uh Dick night train lane, uh, yeah, I Los see night train when
0: he yep. Ram or something like that. But he, yep. he set like interception records that would stand today that, yep. you know, when they only threw the ball, you know, 10 times a game and he has 15 interceptions, it was, it was mm. pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Lewis Wright shout out as well from Colin wood here. Lewis Wright was a damn good player and good to see you, Colin. Let's get into the, uh, conversation today it's mel blunt okay excuse me holy uh holy diver mel blunt um so let's get into it uh we want to talk about the broncos cavo uh, which is an acronym for let me see i have it right here career approximate value over expected and uh, scott you found this and Mm -hmm. sent it to me so i'm going to give you the floor on this one to explain it so i can drink some coffee Mm -hmm.
0: They went through, if you go and look on uh, pro football reference, there's always like an average value score. So that what they tried to do was approximate that and then use, and this was an ESPN article, and then use that to talk about approximate value o- over-expected. My problem with the over-expected means you weren't getting very, you couldn't hit on your first-round picks, basically. They could only hurt you because a first-round pick is expected is expected to be a good player well mm-hmm. they aren't always good players so if you hit you should get points for them so when you're looking at these scores a first round all the lowest guys were second were second round picks for the most part and all the highest guys were later round picks well you know again i was looking at it with the Indianapolis colts and you get zero points for andrew luck well andrew luck was you know 55 and 30 as a starting quarterback i know he was number one overall but he hit not all of those guys hit so um with that said, uh, the Broncos finished 23rd on finding value uh, over the last 10 years when they compiled all of these scores. So when you think of the Broncos drafts, Nick, over the last decade, would you think, you know, in your head, they drafted better or worse than their counterparts?
1: I mean, we can look at how the team has been. I know they haven't had a quarterback, uh, but overall... We kind of saw the team bottom out and hollowed out a bit, and a lot of the value that the Broncos had actually was undrafted free agents on a few of them and uh, draft or uh, signings as well. And I don't think they included undrafted free agents uh, in this approximate value uh, calculation. So I, I would say I would have guessed about right below average, like a C minus range.
0: Um, which is which is where they are, which is uh, Denver Broncos. But if you go back and you look at the highest as far as finding. Value, which for for the the way this is set up, it's fair it's skewed very heavily towards if you got a player in the later rounds. If you did, then you got a pretty good score. The highest rated guy for finding value was linebacker uh Danny Trevathan. Trav- Trevathan. 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 I was like, I was gonna call it treviathan but you know that mm-hmm. there's no extra i in there. Uh was, was uh 40 points as a six-round pick, and the lowest was Shane Ray, defensive end, taken in the... No, it was actually Paxton Lynch taken in the first. Those two were the two lowest. So Paxton Lynch was considered the worst uh, value pick of the last 10 years for the Denver Broncos. That in itself is a story, actually. Yeah,
1: I mean, that makes sense because you got so little out of him, but that's kind of the... I've actually softened softened a tad on the Paxton Lynch bust a few uh, as time has passed because you got to take swings of the quarterback. And if they flame out, at least, you know, it's better than, you know, piddling yourself in mediocrity for years where, Oh, should we pay him? Should we not pay him the last five years? Then have flushed on the toilet, the Blake Bortles of the world of the worlds, if you will. Um, so that's at least you have some directionality.
0: Um but, Nick, you're basically saying he was so bad that we were able to move on from him quickly. So he didn't hurt us so bad. So therefore he wasn't as big a bust. He was still a big bust. No, he was still a big bust. On, no, he was still what a bust. bust is. This guy was terrible. He was so no. terrible. He was such a bust. Yeah. That we we were smart and moved on pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, it's we, we've talked about. It. I'm so glad we're out of the quarterback conversations. But swing for the damn fences, and I'd rather strike out or hit a home run than hit a a base on balls because then you are in trouble, and just that's
0: not where you want to be, especially with all these superhero quarterbacks. Ironically, right the 2019 draft uh, got a positive score, not by much, but a positive score, and the number one player of expected, over expected was Noah Fant. Mm -hmm. So now I look at these scores and I wonder a little bit of it because I looked at the Falcons and three years ago, the draft, the number one guy for value was Caleb McGarry and the worst one was Chris Lindstrom. Caleb McGarry is a swinging gate at right tackle and Chris Lindstrom is a pro bowler right guard. I'm like, "Uh, I think you guys got those confused. So, you know, Noah Fant, but could you make an argument that Noah Fant was the best value pick of that draft? And the worst, um, the worst for that draft, six rounder Jawan Winfrey, wide receiver. Now, what were you expecting? Yeah. You know, what what could be your positive, negative? You know, did he did he make a? I mean, did he did he you know take a cheap shot at your quarterback? You know, and, he did <laughs> nothing. Teams? So, you know, what he guessing, did he do to hurt you so bad?
1: He's got what is the grade here? Negative two. I'm guessing your average six rounder is two, and Jawan Winfrey has a big old zero, so that's why he's at the negative two. Um, cause he's done nothing. And like, I think he's done a little bit actually with the Eagles maybe, but not very much value. This is actually surprising to me though, to see Noah Fant be number one in 2019 because he was a first round pick. And because I think that, I mean, I guess we'll see it here in a few years, but just following the contracts, uh, Draymond Jones is going to get a bigger contract than Noah Fant. He just is uh, more valuable player. He's a pass rusher. It's tight ends are not super paid right now. Um, so I would imagine that, um, and this is also maybe, Maybe the approximate value, I have an issue with them of, the, of their calculating value for interior defensive line because Danny Trevathan was really good, but you had fifth-round pick that year, Malik Jackson, who did not play as long as Danny Trevathan, but his peak and what he brings to the table at his peak was more valuable
0: than what Danny Trevathan does. So that's that's my take on it, at least. And and as Kenneth comes in, he says, Trevor Simeon wasn't a pro bowler, but he outplayed his seventh-round pick, and he was. Trevor Simeon in the 2015 draft was got the highest score contributing for this cavo formula of 14 points as a seventh round pick when i mentioned that shane ray was uh was the worst on that one uh some other players of note uh zach dysert and the the worst draft of 2000 of of this last 10 years according to this was 2013 with a negative 60 that's so you every- had uh, your number one player was actually in the negatives because he didn't hurt you as bad as everybody else. And Zach Dysert, and then running back Monty Ball um, was uh, was a minus 15.6 was a second rounder. Where was Monty Ball from? There was someone Wisconsin. like that from from Macon, Georgia, that set a bunch of records that couldn't be the same kid. He wouldn't have gone up to Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he's a Wisconsin kid. Uh, Monty Ball was with the Broncos there for a bit. Actually, follows me on Twitter. Shout out to Monty Ball. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Timberland, he,
0: Missouri. Timberland, Missouri. Born in Wentzville, Missouri. He went to Wisconsin, was really good
1: there. Um, flamed out in the NFL. Uh, a lot of carries at Wisconsin. Battled uh, alcoholism, I think, is now sober and went back to Wisconsin to get his degree. And now is seems to be thriving in life. So, shout out to Monty you Ball. Um, you know, Sometimes these are people and uh, they have struggles just like any other person. And uh, he's he's doing pretty well right now. So shout out to Monty Ball. And uh, if you're listening Monty, I hope you're doing well.
0: Well, that's the thing about addicts. Um, They're obsessive. And if you can get obsessive about the right things in life, you can actually, you know, be really good at things. Um, 2018 inside linebacker Josie Jewell, five points as a fourth round pick and guard Sam Jones was a minus. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, as a third round pick, is actually your number one from the 2020 draft, and wide receiver KJ Hamler right now is your biggest negative, and that's understandable. It, it speaks a little bit about your 2020 draft when you know you're ready to move on from your number one over expected, and you know, the, and then your your worst right now is is injury related for sure.
1: Yeah, and Michael O'Jamuti also not been uh valued there because of injury as well. So uh this is this is an interesting thing. I think you talked about the value there. I think it is important
0: to add it's overexpected because nobody has accumulated well, negative value. But let's uh let's let's put a little silver bow on this and then we can move on, Nick. I looked yeah. up I'm like well, who's number one? Who's number one? Uh, number number one, one is the Seattle Seahawks, and one of the reasons why is because in 2012 they took a kid in the third round named Russell Wilson, who's got 107 points, you know, which nobody else is. And, and so that, that draft ended up being uh 220 points. That's by far, yep. if I look down through this, I'm like, did anybody else even break 60? Travis Kelsey was a 59 nine four. Uh, let me see who the highest on here are 61 points for Dak Prescott and 65 for David Be- Beck, for, uh, David Baccatiari, Bacchetti- that, uh, that guy. Thank you, Packers,
1: Colorado, uh, University of Colorado offensive tackle, very good player.
0: So let me see, he might end up being since they didn't go far enough back to get Tom Brady, Russell Wilson would probably be the most valuable player. Russell given what Wilson done. is probably because anybody else would have been higher than this on total points um, if they had had if they had hit a one hundred. That Russell Wilson is considered by this Cavo formula the best draft pick of the last ten. Years,
1: I mean, there it makes sense. Go. Given he's a running back, I would, I would totally buy that. Um, you might hear an argument as well. I bet you Dak Prescott is not on his heels, but another one that probably has Supreme value given he was a fourth round pick as a quarterback and doing well in the league. Uh, Justin Simmons. Also, um, this is a quote here from uh, um, Jeff, Jeff Legwald, just uh, to rep put, you talked about putting a bow on it, uh, said that the Broncos 21, 21 draft class may well turn out to be the team's best of the past decade. Thank you very much, George Payton, for that. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, don't want to get too high too early. want to think about it three, five years down the line. Uh, Call it a result of the post-Super Bowl 50 stumbles in the draft. 2016 and 2017 were largely washouts beyond safety. Justin Simmons, uh, who posted a 27.8. And he was number one in that class. Number one in 2016. Hmm. That was a bad class. And uh, Garrett Bowles. Oh, mistake here. He said guard Garrett Bowles. You mean tackle Garrett Bowles in 2017. And yeah, Garrett Bowles did not post the actually the most overexpected because he was a first round pick. It's actually Isaiah McKenzie in the fifth because fifth round pick, obviously. Um, but the th- six players from class from 2021 that played in at least 14 games as a rookies with cornerback, Patrick and second running back Javante Williams already played with a uh, pro bowl potential. So really good class. We want to stack that class as well. I would not expect that level of draft class again uh, this year because the draft is fluky in general, and you're going to regress to the mean some, but, you should feel pretty
0: good about George Payton,
1: and if he can stack together another good draft class, we're going to be cooking with uh,
0: cooking with grease. So, Ryan Leaf, for those of you that were old enough to to remember the, I mean, a lot of you might know who Ryan Leaf is. Nick might know who Ryan Leaf is. I'm sure oh, yeah. he does. But what you probably don't know is that there was a legit who do we take first, Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning, that went mm-hmm. on for six months. I mean, it was a big question it was very very back and forth for a long time It wasn't just oh yeah we think it's going to be Peyton at the time it was very much so Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning and it went back and forth and Ryan Leaf was awesome at Washington hmm. State He didn't get those accolades for not being awesome he was he just I don't know he was he was kind of like a a John rocker northern redneck <laughs> you know, He wasn't very likable. But he was, you know, if Brett Favre turned into what, actually he was a little bit older, but you know, you're, you're looking at the, the Brett Favre comparisons for Ryan Leaf. Um, it just, one reason or another, went the other direction. Didn't the, the mental makeup was completely different because from a tools standpoint, if you're just going and watching a senior bowl or a seven on seven, Ryan Leaf's got the bigger arm, faster, more mobile and all those type of things. That's why we always say that quarterback can be the one of the hardest positions to, to judge Cause it depends on so many things you can't measure. Whereas everything else in this sport, you can boil down to, to a lot of analytics. Again, there's, it's not quite that simple, but it's a bigger, faster, stronger league.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason that athleticism, uh, is drafted earlier, right? Bigger, faster, stronger league. Now there are some positions where the athletic traits are probably a little bit overvalued which leads to busts at those positions uh talking mainly uh, safety linebacker and center and maybe even a little bit running back as well uh intelligence and processing as long as you have the right body type and enough toughness enough athleticism uh, you should be okay there uh but you know it will be really interesting so uh we're already at 53 minutes here um, did you want to do? I mean, it's it's the last week. Did you want to do another mock draft simulator? Quick to get I us do, on out especially of here? since I feel like I've gotten the sliders down to make it hard. Oh God, it's putting up positions of value all the way, turning down randomness. I turn that up. I
0: turn down the randomness, and I follow uh, the board.
1: It's gonna be just linebackers and running backs only available for every pick. <laughs> so, what uh, do you
0: think? What do you think, everybody? We'll go. Uh, we'll do. We'll do one more mock draft. And like I said, I feel like I've gotten it where it's more realistic uh, with the sliders, which yeah. means I end up trading more when I run through them. So let me go uh, – I'm going to go public versus PF board. I'm going to go higher on the PFF board. I'm going to turn up the care for positional value. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to turn down the draft for need to, to middle, and I'm going to put the randomness at middle. And we're going to choose uh, Broncos. Where are we here? It won't be the last one. Where's uh? we got one, we'll Thursday. Do one more. We'll do we'll do one Thursday morning. Come on. We're not getting out of here Thursday morning without doing one. Um, yeah. Let me let me share my screen, share screen. And then I'll uh, I'll zoom. You can see where the sliders are. And I'll zoom. I think 150 is about what's best for us here.
1: It's making me twitchy. I'm thinking about this. This is late. Of, I got uh, <laughs> seven
0: rounds this time. So let me check that. Seven rounds, and then uh, who are we? Denver Broncos. All right, yeah. yeah, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Enter draft. <sighs> let's get it going. Loading. Should we try to
1: move up to number one overall? Ah, uh, you know what? Peyton said that it's not likely, but uh, you never know. <laughs> Actually, there's that little thing called forced trade. Let's go up there and get Javon bond. Yeah, no.
0: here I'm going to offer you my <laughs> seventh round pick. There you go, twenty twenty four seven. Let's not get crazy. We got the number one. Hey, I got Aiden Hudson. Check out this mock draft. All right, start draft. Kyle Hamilton went early. I saw Trevon Walker go off in the top ten.
1: I'm just excited for the best players to be Kingsley Igbari, Brian Asimoa, and Lord only knows there. It's always the same players. Abraham Lucas at 49. All right. Well, right now that's probably the guy that we're going to lean with. Can I? You're scrolling way up there to see. Who I went. wanted to see
0: who won at the top here. Yep. <clears throat> so Aiden Hutchison, I'm, uh, Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, Ike Trevon Walker, Garrett Wilson, Evan Neal, Charles Cross. No, thanks. I'd rather have uh, Derek. Derek Stingley. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have Kayvon Timodeau or Derek Stingley at eight. Then, uh, and then Charles number Cross. nine, we'll keep an eye on nine for sure, because uh, that's where it goes there. But here, come on. Can we Wouldn't see we who be like, went happy like, right? With Abraham Lucas at 64, for goodness sakes.
1: I would be, but I kind of want to see who uh, went before, because I'm really into this conversation of, uh, maybe possibly trading up for some players here if they do fall down the board. So maybe get up to like 45 and start scrolling down and be like, this is where I'm starting to work the phones. Um, so unfortunately there goes Arnold Ebiketti. He's somebody I'd be interested in Travis Jones as well. It's probably too far to trade up. Um, maybe trade up for Ebiketti uh, just because of the positional value, you can treat
0: him like a first round pick for next year. When I started doing this, you know who I started getting at 43 was David Ajabo.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. He he falls he's... into that area and you red shirt him. Yeah. You know, you give him a red shirt year. Quay I Walker, Jalen Petrie. Kyler Gordon's another one, maybe I'm calling on. Matt Corral and uh, from going from Ole Miss to uh to the Saints. Well, there's some history there, right? Right, Mr. No. Manning? Absolutely. And uh
1: I'm I'm probably calling here at uh pick 56 uh, or pick 55 to see if I can get Drake Jackson. Uh just because I think there's a drop off uh at edge. I think mm-hmm. there's tiers. There's the where I'm putting them right now, it's the Boy Arnold Abaketti, David Ajabo tier. And then right after that is uh, Josh Pascal and uh, Drake Jackson. And if the board is flying off there and I can't get one of those guys, I'm actually probably a little bit interested in uh selecting one. Uh Logan Hall going pick 63 right before. That's a really good pick for the Bengals. I love that fit for them. Mm-hmm. Um so we are on the board now. I think the guy that we probably will go with is Abraham Lucas. Don't hit draft go just Abraham yet, though.
0: Lucas. I, He's a really good right tackle.
1: Have to. I do I think there's an argument, and this is gonna be Nick. Are you okay? Um At 64, I think there's an argument for Chad Muma. Uh, I know that the positional value there is not as high, but I think Chad Muma is one of the best uh, coverage linebackers in the entire class. Uh, He processes things really well, former safety. Um, I'm a big fan of Chad Muma. If we want to lean, I think it's probably harder to find an offensive tackle later because I'd like the value of linebacker
0: later. So we can go that way, but I I would say that. When I take Abraham Lucas this early, I end up like hedging with Matt, well, Braxton Jones thinking I could have taken those guys later.
1: You There's- know, I like
0: Braxton Jones similarly to Abraham Lucas, not a 40 gap difference, but like a five to 10 gap difference. Yeah.
1: And let's, let's scroll down a little bit too, still just cause I'm curious to see how it plays out. There's Dylan Parham still on we the board again at,
0: at 75.
1: I'm curious about, uh, did Cam Jurgens already come off the board? Has he like yeah, really changed have. his value? Cause he used yeah. to be, you could get him like in the middle of the fourth. I didn't see him there at all. Did he go in the first round? Cause we turned up a uh, positional value. He's a center, right? Yeah. I, I just don't see him. IOL. You got to click IOL. Yep. There Dylan Parham, Donovan. There he 93. is. Silly. Um, okay. So I think we should go. Um, let's just really lean into the Russell Wilson value here. I think that's what we need to do. And let's get Abraham Lucas. I, I do think there is, there would be a discussion to be had for me about Chad Muma.
0: And I know that that's yeah, Nick. Are you sure. okay? Um, for but sure. But I would take, I, I, I like Lucas here again. Like I said, I think you can get developmental tackles later, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I've been and uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy was in a conversation earlier about Lucas and I would set the over under at Lucas at 50. Yeah. And F- Lucas as well. Maybe it's a little bit of
1: a, uh, how do I put it? <sighs> Overexposure uh, to him. Um, he was one of the best tackles there at the senior bowl, despite not being as highly valued as for the most part, Bernard Raymond, uh, so that's interesting. He has 50 starts at a, in a pass-happy Pac-12. I know he hasn't gone up against a lot of elite edge rushers in the Pac-12. They don't have a lot of dynamic uh, defensive players in that conference right now, uh, but did go up against, you know, Kavon Thibodeau and Drake Jackson and held his own. And uh, I think there's definitely, a, if you can get him here, you should be excited. So uh, we're on the board now with the Broncos at pick 75. Um, can you scroll back up? And we got D Porter coming in first. Love your show, guys. Can't wait for Thursday. Thank you so much, D Porter. Ah, uh, we appreciate you, and I uh, hope you're having a an excellent day. Um, thank you for joining us. So, um, we are on the board now at pick seventy five. Scott's uh, moving his mouse around, going to click out of that. There you go. And um, who are you thinking here, Scott? Because I saw a name that stuck out to me. Um, but I think also we can kind of maybe cheat I think the it, system it's here. It's probably
0: time to go. Gar- uh, the the corner here makes sense. I like Parham, Cam Jurgens. Um, I know available. you know you've talked you've talked up to Zach Tom enough. Marcus yeah. Jones scares us because of the shoulder. So I'm going to scratch him. And then uh, I saw a name. There it
1: is. And then I like Tariq Woolen. Yep. I think that Tariq Woolen is a unique enough player here that I might go that way. And you, there's multiple centers that I still liked. That being said, if we really want to lean into Russell Wilson in the offensive line, I think there's an argument for uh, not for Cam Jurgens here. I know that's kind of cheating the board. But seriously, there are teams... That I've heard that value Cam Jurgens over Tyler Linderbaum, and he's a very dynamic athlete, very good length, um, and I think he would come and play day one at center. I think Cam Jurgens, if he's on the board at 64, there's going to be a conversation about
0: that. From what I've what I've gathered, so Cam Jurgens again, I like the idea of Sam Williams too. He's here, yeah, you know he he is here. Um, if you have to get rid of him as a 75, again, um, I think he's the best player still here. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's go, let's go cam and then see what happens at 96.
1: Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. Can get some cornerbacks later? Um, it's kind of cheating. The system I just saw
0: Tariq woolens and Sam Williams go. Oh,
1: there goes Demari Mathis too. That's unfortunate. Sam Williams
0: went at 86, to the Raiders. Now that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. That is Tariq a Tariq woolen Carson strong to the Falcons at 82. Zach, Tom at 80 Max Mitchell. You want him starting for the chargers. I promise you absolutely yeah
1: that's not a good pick for them so we've gone back-to-back offensive line and we are really leaning into the offensive line I'm yeah pretty... and
0: that's the thing about doing that early is i think there's guys down here we like we can get a running back here i know that's a fan favorite there with james cook i don't think that's very good value um i think
1: the next one that sticks out here for me is probably jelani woods let's scroll down a little bit just because i'm curious if there's a uh...
0: i like braxton jones but i would I, i'd be willing to gamble that he's there at 115 116 I kind of want to pass on taking him. Taking two offensive linemen. See, that's the reason I don't necessarily. You could talk me out of taking one of those guys early, just because yeah. I really like Braxton Jones.
1: I do too. There's a guy that I want to highlight later um, that I want to maybe get. Uh, so I think the guy to go with here is uh, Jelani Woods, just because his his skill set is unique. Um, there's nobody else in this class that has his ability, and maybe at one, uh, four, 115, 116 we can have a different conversation. But uh, those are the guys that stick out to me right now. Um, So we're on the board again here with the uh, Denver Broncos. Jones just went. There he is. 105 to the Niners. Good pick for them. Also, Rasheed Walker. That's okay, because I was looking at somebody else later that I wanted to highlight. Um, We're on the board again here. Somebody that sticks out for me at this pick is, uh, we we skipped over him last time, but I just kind of want
0: to highlight him. Tyson Anderson. Um, safety from Toledo. He That's who was the guy. I ended up like drafting in the seventh, a guy from Miami of Ohio. I'm like, Nick was talking about one of these guys. Who was it? It was Tyson uh, Anderson. Yes, Tyson Anderson, freak athlete,
1: still kind of doesn't know what he's doing as far as processing and coverage. But I think he had 33 inch arm length, tested out the wazoo and has played like 50 games at uh, Toledo. And I think he has, I was listening to, I think it was Ben Fennel talk about it. And he said that Tyson Anderson has logged 70 more special team snaps than any other player has in the last decade. Uh, So, and talking about the core four special teams. So um, I'm really interested in Tyson Anderson, getting him to be a box kind of dimebacker, and he is going to be a special teams monster uh, for you um, early on. So I really like Tyson Anderson. He's a guy to like the Broncos country. This name might not mean anything to you, Scott, but Broncos country had a love affair with a, Special teams ace safety who never really did much more than special teams ace, but was one of the best player, one of the best gunners in football during his career. And David Bruton uh, from Notre Dame, and uh, I think Tyson Anderson, for, valedictorian, extremely intelligent, uh, from Toledo actually, uh, not just school there. Um, he'd be a really good pick there. Freak athlete, I love Tyson Anderson. All
0: right, it's my turn, and I'm going to give you three players. Okay. Um, Edge, Majai Sanders. Okay, he's raw. Here, yeah. And he was ill in February. So he came into the combine at 228 and measured his pro day back at 248. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you've seen what he can be. Yeah. Um, so again, getting him mid round four with your second pick in the four would be decent value for me. If you're looking at running back, I really like Rashad White. You scrolled past who I'd go with already. And then That's I like okay. Matt, well, let's go as a developmental guy. We talked
1: about him earlier and we haven't gone cornerback yet.
0: Joshua Williams. Very, very good value here. They kill you for this pick. I don't care. They have they, they do. don't have him on their board I, uh, as ADP. It's like they, they haven't.
1: This well, is a misdemeanor point. I'll
0: pick that guy. And um Well, you know why they kill you? is because they don't have his ADP log Because he's there. not ranked yet. It's correctly. Yep. yep. And there's go as a as a developmental guy. I I really there's Tyler. I don't mind going running back there with Tyler Algier. I think Algier is the pick here. I absolutely adore uh, Tyler
1: Algier. And uh, there's an d- offensive tackle that is very lowly rated here that I'm going to say let's uh, let's go scroll down and take him at the next pick um, because we haven't talked about him much on here, and I really actually like him. And I haven't seen his name yet, haven't seen his name yet, still haven't seen it. Awesome. All right, we're on the board now. Can you go to the offensive tackles? OT? Yep. Can you scroll down? There he is. Um, 231. Dare Rosenthal. I we could probably wait and get him later. Dare Rosenthal is a player he tested. He has a 33 and a half arm length, which meets the threshold. Uh he measured at the combine only about 295, but he's a transfer from LSU. And this guy is a freak, an absolute awesome athlete. Uh watching him on tape, he is moving in space like a tight end. He like seeks and destroys. Too. Um he I he's one of my favorite late guys right now that I just I just recently got around to his tape. And was like, what are we doing here? Why are we not talking about Dare Rosenthal? He is a fantastic player, and I would be uh, over the moon uh, to nab him for the Broncos. So I'm uh, taking the punter, I, I okay, I'm fine with that.
0: <laughs> and then you can go with, uh, then you can go with
1: uh, Thomas. We already got Tyson and Anderson. Um, I'm gonna. We've been kind of switching it up here with just in general with this draft class. Um, I have a name for you here that we haven't done yet that. Uh, there's a connection here for the Broncos. The Broncos recruit one of the Broncos coaches recruited this guy to play for his college, Caleb Ellaby, quarterback in the seventh round. This is just a dart throw. Um, but you, it's keeping the position young. Josh Johnson is only here for one year and it's probably pushing Brett Rippin off the the roster, but Caleb Ellaby, I think he can run a very similar scheme to Forget Russell Wilson. Scheme.
0: He's going to be a coach.
1: Ellaby, I mean, or I'm talking to Ellaby not ripping. Yeah. I'm Rippen's talking to LB. is coach
0: in three years. You think so? I think he's got enough arm talent where he can kick around the league. Who am but I mixing up with? That was at the senior bowl that threw for 7,000 yards. Bailey's app. Bailey's app. Okay. That's who I was thinking. He, yeah. he doesn't have enough arm. He, he reminds me of a, uh, he, he reminds me of Kellen Moore. Yeah. I'm no, thinking he's... of Bailey's app. Thank you. Yep. I told you we we're going to get killed on this. Yeah.
1: That's because they don't have him ranked. That's fine. Gave us a C. We, we, uh, what we did here. See what he happens was... when I let Nick drive we take advantage of the uh, take advantage of the board and uh, the deficiencies uh, overall.
0: Well, this in the is board. What I is want to say, I like saving these and then going back and say, okay, this is where we got them. Where did they actually go? Yeah.
1: I think uh, you probably were right at about value for um, a lot of these picks. But uh, again, I, wanted to, I really wanted to highlight some guys that we haven't really highlighted yet. As well, because that's 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 a lot of fun of these mock draft processes. How does this make sense? Why do these guys make sense in this range? So um, Abraham Lucas, you got a starting tackle there. He can start right tackle day one. Uh, really good pass protector. Can do some work as a uh, run blocker. He's you are really feeling pretty good about your right tackle position now for next season. Love Cam Jurgens. He's going to beat out Lloyd Cushenberry. Uh, probably one of the best centers in this class. I don't. He might not even be there at sixty four. To be completely honest, Johnny
0: Woods. Say, you know what I want to do, Nick? Is let, let's do our score we'll take these numbers and we'll add their draft pick here where they went and we're going to have, and then we'll add them up down at the bottom and it's going to be a big number. Yeah. It's going to be a big number. Cause this number is going to be about 50, 52. This number could be in the thirties. Yep. This one could be in the sixties yep. and it's going to be a big number down here at the end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, this is just taking advantage of mock the pro football focus, uh, deficiencies, especially cam Jorgens. That one is kind of silly, but, um, Guess what? We really, really leaned into the offensive line. We got two starters on the offensive line here. You know who should be happy about that? Russell Wilson really investing in the offensive line, making it better for him, especially yeah, for you, a team. You
0: Upgraded player. two spots on the OL in a draft where you picked at 64. That's a pretty yeah. good draft.
1: <laughs> and we took a guess what uh, Garrett Bowles. I hope you feel a little bit of pressure because Derek Rosenthal, his tools really actually could push um, either. You got a swing tackle that can take over, uh, Austin, or excuse me, um, Calvin Anderson there as kind of your both side swing tackle who's only here on a one year deal, or Gary Rosenthal with his athleticism. I, I'm really telling you, he could end up being a starting tackle and put and some pressure on you. You know is playing
0: Bulls. a lot of snaps on that group? Who? Jelani Woods. And Jelani Woods. Yep. Jelani Woods is playing a lot of snaps on there. So you're getting three big time contributors on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. It's a little scary. You know, when you, I don't think you necessarily, you don't, you don't want two rookies coming in right away yep. and playing, but they're your best guys or your best guys. Yep. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, uh, dear Rosenthal. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye out for him. I do like his ability, especially in the outside zone scheme, um, was a very highly rated recruit that went to LSU transferred to Kentucky, but his, his movement skills are very good. I think he'll probably end up going round four. And what do we get him round six? Uh, that's a, I think that's a great deal. And yeah, love the dip, double, double dipping at offensive tackle. Me too. You really, uh, protect yourself there. Get yourself. We talked, talked about at the top of the show, the Broncos need to find cost controlled players at positions of value to help negate the cap hit that is coming for Russell Wilson and uh, did that there. And also DWI guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you can go ahead and take this one, Scott. I'm going to take a
0: <laughs> coffee sip. <laughs> On Thursday, choose Mooma in a mock. You can do it, Nick. You know who drives the thing? I'm the one that clicks the button. And Friday Peyton take him at 64. Ethan coming in the closer. I guess it means it's time to get out of here. And real quick, I wanted to also say, Thank you again to Jacob Foster, who came back in with some more support. The silent one. You're allowed to talk just because I call you the silent one doesn't mean that it, it has to be you can change it up. You can earn a new nickname. Uh, we appreciate your comments on there. And and Ethan, thank you so much. It's uh you've made draft season for us yeah, for right, God. without a doubt. You and, and and some other folks for sure, but uh coming in red. It's like I see red and uh Muma at 64 again. Nick almost did it this time. I talked him out of it on this one. I, I would rather have Abraham Lucas than Chad Muma. I would.
1: Yeah. I really like uh, Muma. Um, Anderson's a topic of the conversation there, too. I have Muma slightly higher. I think if Anderson didn't have the shoulder red flags, I might actually take Anderson there. Um, again, more information on Anderson. You know who the last uh, linebacker that tested as athletically as Anderson was, Scott? This is a guy who I guess I'll just uh, lead this with you. This guy. His time Smith, in the NFL, I don't know. It's uh, his time in the league ended tragically. David Pollock. I don't know. Uh, that's a good one. No, uh, no. But uh, Ryan Shazier, uh mm, freak. Yeah, athlete. Neck, I mean, broken neck. Yep. Yep. Broken neck, but uh, absolute freak athlete. Doesn't always play at the uh, linebacker position if they don't have the head, but uh sounds like Trey Anderson, somebody to bet on. So I'm feeling a little better. The more I, I more just,
0: you know, you, you, you talk about, you know, the instincts and stuff like that. I'm like, my God, this guy was MVP on both sides of the ball. Yeah. What can't he learn? I mean, he's he's got it. Whatever it is, yeah, he's got it. And again, when they played side by side at the senior bowl, it wasn't close. It was not close. Troy Anderson was faster to the ball every single snap. Yep. So that that's my guy.
1: Yep, for sure. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you. We'll be back again live on Scott's channel tomorrow. Troy when...
0: Anderson went fifty-seven in this draft, so he went ahead of where uh, yep. where we had where we have Muma. So he was he was already gone. And Christian Watson, my guy, Christian Watson fell all the way to fifty-nine. That ain't happening. No,
1: probably not with this draft. The wide receivers are going off the board early. That's we'll have to have a post draft conversation about the, how value, how different ways you get to value because there's scarcity value, which is. Mm-hmm your offensive tackles, and there is impact value, which is your wide receivers. There's a lot of wide receivers coming out every year, but you need them. You want three or four of them. So even though there's a lot, they're still going to go early and they're still going to get paid offensive tackles, singular offensive tackle is not going to have the most impact on the game if they're good, but bad ones will have an impact on the game in the wrong way. And there's not many guys who can do what the offensive tackles need to do. So, uh. Definitely a down the line conversation. We appreciate you guys. Thank you, Ethan, again, for coming in to close us out. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Trevor Sandel coming in saying, Don't forget to smash that like button on the way out. And Scott, no nickname.
0: I'm not Chris Berman. I don't give everybody a nickname. Rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. No, okay.
1: Um, Jake the Snake. That's always loved. I had the ESPN uh, video Jake game the with T.O. My favorite
0: was my Jake favorite too. But the DDT was awesome. I loved it. It was my favorite finishing move. Rich Cannon Gannon.
1: Always good. I, I had that 2006 ESPN football. 2K5. Oh, we're talking two
0: different Jake the Snakes. Jake the Snake yeah. Roberts was the Jake the Snake. Uh, Jake the Snake Plumber. This a lot was of the DDT. Runners. He was well before Jake Plumber. God. Jake Plumber till I die. I still rock
1: the Jake Plumber jersey. That's my dude. <laughs> um, Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Make sure you're following Scott and I on t- Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at Huddle a Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. And also... uh. BFB underscore pod uh, at BFB underscore pod. Um, Make sure you are joining us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And obviously not everybody's in a position to uh, contribute to the show financially, super chat superstars. If you are, we appreciate the heck out of you getting yourself a chance to win a jersey. It might be fun to get one of those rookies here uh, printed on one of those jerseys, but number one thing you can do, please find us on mile high huddle. Subscribe to the show, like this show specifically, and share it on your social media because the draft is coming in. I'd like to think nobody covers the draft as holistically, expansively, intimately, Add superlatives here as we do at uh, Mile High Huddle. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Scott, any thoughts before we get on out of here?
0: I mean, now we're talking wrestling, you know, <laughs> so uh, that becomes – and, you know, I can always go with, uh, with EJ here, but we have time – Their next match, Chelsea's next match is on Thursday, but yeah, just uh, some programming notes tonight, building the Broncos uh, at eight o'clock Eastern six o'clock mountain. And that brings us back to Wednesday morning on my channel. We'll talk a little bit more up the top of the draft uh, in the top 10 and things that can happen Thursday morning. We will be back for Broncos for breakfast. And then Thursday night, Nick and I will host with Eric and we'll bring in guests all night for the live draft during the draft Friday morning back on my channel to discuss the first round.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, we appreciate you. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. Like I said, we're going to be on Scott's channel tomorrow. We got bird gang coming in. What's up guys. I was on his channel when the Broncos played the, uh, the Eagles, uh, really excited for your Eagles going forward. One of the more fun teams to watch, uh, in the draft, giving out how he Roseman plays around in the draft, moves around and values things. One of the more analytically driven front offices. So, uh, Shout out to the Eagles. They better go back to those Kelly Greens. Those are gorgeous. Uh, but we appreciate you guys all joining us today. Everyone have a good one. Have a great Tuesday. Like Scott said, I'll see you guys tonight on Building the Broncos with Carl. And we'll see you on Scott's channel tomorrow. Everyone, choose kindness and choose compassion. Go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos Country.